0: That movie sucked. I kind of liked it.
1: Movie night crew network.
0: Suddenly a man staggered out from behind a tall oak. For a moment, Harry didn't recognize him. Then he realized it was Mr. Crouch. He looked as though he had been traveling for days. The knees of his robes were ripped and bloody. His face scratched. He was unshaven and gray with exhaustion. His neat hair and mustache were both in need of a wash and a trim. His strange appearance, however, was nothing to the way he was behaving. Muttering and gesticulating, Mr. Crouch appeared to be talking to someone that he alone could see. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the Restricted Section, a show in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss the way that the story and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week. Chapter 28, The Madness of Mr. Crouch. This chapter is an absolute shit show and I realize that I've said that about the past like 5 chapters consecutively, but this one is truly just like an absolute fucking shit show. Winky is now an alcoholic, Hermione gets hate mail that literally physically harms her, Ron finally realizes how rich Harry truly is, the Quidditch pitch is in shambles, the third task is a maze. Crumb wants to sort out the whole Hermione issue with Harry. Barty fucking Crouch Senior comes staggering, absolutely fucked out of the woods, half chatting with Percy Weasley, aka Weatherby, half begging to speak to Dumbledore. Snape is a dick, and Crumb gets attacked, and then Hagrid attacks Carker of. Oh my God, it's going down tonight. <laughs> Welcome to the restricted section where we will mail you boobo tuber pus. I am stoked to be joined by one of my best good buddies, Haley. Say hello to the listeners, Haley. Hello, listeners. You can take the boobo tuber pus thing uh, legally as a threat. <laughs> uh, legally, no. Uh, legally, that was not a threat. Um, and I'm so excited because our special guest today is Steph Anderson from Tonks and the Ors. Say hello to the listeners, Steph. Hey, everybody! We're so glad you're here. That sounded like a half a sentence, so I'm. <laughs> We're so glad you're here. I <laughs> hey, I'm excited to join you all.
1: I uh, I am a huge podcast fan in general but I have not guested on as many podcasts as you would think so far so I appreciate the invite.
0: Wow well I'm so glad to have you here and I'm shocked because I mean your music's kind of legendary okay. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, Real quick please let us know what your pronouns are. Yeah my pronouns are she her. Awesome thank you so much Um, and what is your very hairy history like how did you get into it? How did you get into the books? How did you get into the movies?
1: Yeah, so I uh, I always like to preface that I'm definitely more of a book fan than a movie fan. Um, You're in the right
0: place. Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, like some of those movies, I, I think I saw the premiere and that might actually be it. But um, so book-wise, um, I was actually in middle school when the books first came out. So like the ideal age for a event like this to happen um and uh literally found well first i had like a teacher who was like hey you might want to look for this book series it's getting Mm -hmm. a lot of buzz because i read a lot um and i was a huge star wars nerd so i think she was just like this might land pretty well um Mm -hmm. and uh got my first books at Costco in Metro Detroit. I actually have a song uh, on a compilation that came out last year about finding your first Harry Potter book at a Costco. Um, Oh my god. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, from there, um, I mean, it was pretty much just like read through, at that point in America, like book one, two, and then three came out pretty quickly. Then Mm -hmm. there's long wait for four and all the long waiting of book releases and um, and then I went to college, and actually, this was during the MySpace era, it was like my first week at the University of Michigan, and a friend of mine was like, oh, you really like Harry Potter? Have you heard of Harry and the Potters? And I was like, no, because her sister was going to school out east, and... Um, It turns out that Harry and the Potters were from Boston, where her sister was going to school, found Wizard Rock, and for, like, three years was like, oh, I write music, I could totally do Wizard Rock, um but just didn't, uh, because there was a lot going on, and then wrote my first songs in 2007, created the band in 2007 with the Book 7 release, basically. It took off very quickly, you know. Um, This was a time when there were, like, 600 wizard rock bands worldwide, estimated, but I just, like, got a bunch of followers on MySpace, got a lot of other bands to kind of help me along invite me to open for them and just kept releasing music that's my thing i'm like if you keep releasing music you know people will keep listening to it so yeah so yeah so that's
2: that's me <laughs> i am i am losing it that it's called wizard rock because we have like a running joke in our friend group about uh, an incident from early covid uh where the a wizard music card kept getting played and a single game of cards against humanity. Our friend kept sneaking it. Yeah. um, And then like replaying it for every single thing. So like anytime I hear anything even adjacent to wizard music, I'm like wizard music. Yeah. (laughs) For the listeners. That was Mike. Y'all know that was Mike.
1: (laughs) 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 It's funny. I mean, there's so many people who ask me, I mean, you know, you can do the math. We're coming up on the 15th anniversary of the band and for anybody wondering, like the band is me. It's one of those like dashboard confessional bands where it's like, it's me, but also I can have like friends play live with me when I want to play full band. So, so yeah, it's, um, it's just, it's definitely been a wild evolution, but people are always asking me like, so do you like play covers of songs from the movie? And I'm like, Name a song from the movie that I could be covering, like for fifteen years boil, straight. Boil, yeah,
0: toil and <laughs> I always sing that wrong, even though that's like a legendary Shakespeare quote. I literally always say it wrong. I always say "boil, boil, toil and trouble." I mean, and whatever, it, dude. I, I
2: didn't notice until you pointed it out that you it's did it I was wrong. Singing it, I sing it
0: dumb to like dis- disguise it. It worked. <laughs> Well, Stuff that is so freaking cool, and yeah, when you google Tonks in the R's, it's like you know, stuff,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, ex- I mean, it's um, it's more difficult to explain the like less people try to uh understand it, mm. but you know, if you just like roll with it, it's like it's pretty awesome. And I mean, Wizard Rock, you're mostly playing in libraries, you're not playing at like the venues that you're seeing indie rock bands at um at least me personally which i love like i like, i love rock at the library Yeah. Like, i
0: love everything about that I
1: love you're a good allowed to
2: make noise at the library <laughs> <laughs> I
1: love setting up drum kits in the library I love a good 6:30 p.m. uh concert that allows you to like go get dinner and be in bed by 9 it's not a bad oh, hell life yes.
0: <laughs> <Hell> yeah <laughs> I feel like Haley's like, maybe I could be a rock star. Oh, man.
1: (laughs) It is. It's very DIY, though. Like, I spend a lot of money investing back in the band to be like, okay, I have a sound equipment of my own, Uh, because, you know, if you ask a librarian, like, do you have a PA system they're like yeah we have a PA system or a library but it's like a speaker in the ceiling right. like yeah <laughs> it's not so so yeah so it comes with its own quirks but I really like it you
0: know yeah that's awesome and I actually learned about you in the first place through fandom forward because you're listed on their website yeah so just like another plug for fandom forward because they're doing some pretty cool stuff lately Fandom forward,
1: you know, they've been there for so long from this entire fandom. And, uh, you know, they're they're working through a lot of the same stuff that, you know, wizard rock bands like myself are right now with J.K. Yeah. Rowling being a fucking well, asshole. And but, same. But, like...
0: feel, free to refer, feel free to refer to her as Roldmore, She who must not be named. Occasionally we throw in a spicy little that bitch when she's getting racist on us.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, I appreciate that because it has, um, it's not been, you know. It's been a tough have, time. Yeah, <laughs> to have that on top of a global pandemic, you know, um, yeah. and to not even be able to, like, see my friends all around the world that I'd like to be like, I'd like to give you a hug because this person has betrayed you. Um, <laughs> it's like, it sucks.
0: <laughs> That's, like, the sweetest thing I've ever heard. I don't think I've ever heard anyone feel like, you were betrayed? Here, have a heartfelt hug from a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I love that energy. So what what is your Hogwarts house stuff? Hufflepuff. Uh, I knew it because of the hug thing. You gave yourself away. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, definitely uh, a Hufflepuff. Uh, it definitely works out, too, with the band being based around Tonks' perspective, too. So. Yeah. It, it works out it. for me.
0: Yeah, I'm also a Hufflepuff. And I in the past, I've always been like, I don't like Tonks as a character very much, but peop, my friends have been very adamant that that's because she and I are too similar. <laughs> so yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I did relate. Uh, I, I, every time she falls down, I do relate to her.
1: Yeah, that's that's one of the things that I appreciate the most about Tonks and that she can like still be a badass, like, secret agent, despite being super clumsy and not good at, like, half of her job. Um, (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and we, um, our Patreon bonus episode this month, it comes out this Saturday, so if you want to listen, you still have time to sign up, but we did a Harry Potter fight club, fisticuffs only, no magic allowed, and Tonks made it pretty far. That's impressive. I'll, I'll give you that much. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. The fisticuffs element it was so fun because you got pairings where you were like, OK, Neville Longbottom is fighting Professor McGonagall. And it's like, <laughs> why? What happened to you guys? Why are we doing this? Just very funny to imagine. Cool. So let's get into the chapter. We're here today to talk about Goblet of Fire, Chapter 28, The Madness of Mr. Crouch. This is, like, the beginning of the end, kind of. Like, the end of this book is forever, and this is when it starts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: super accurate. (laughs) Yeah, and I was, like, flipping through the rest of the chapters, and I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Yeah, is this, like, the
2: beginning of the third act or something?
0: Yeah, I think because the second task just ended, and, like, yeah, now we're getting an You're like, everything's fine. I'm maybe going to win this contest. Uh. (laughs) Yeah,
2: it's like things ended a little too well, and now it's like, when's the other shoe going to drop? Yeah. I also
1: feel like it's like, obviously, there's multiple points in this um, chapter where it's just every single area of Harry's life changing gears almost. Just like getting ready to pop off you know there's not it's not just like a okay we're taking an easy right hand turn it's like no we need to take like seven turns to make sure that this is set up to all start picking up speed as it rolls downhill basically
0: yeah doing like one of them like three point turns yes (laughs) (laughs) gotta turn this bus around just kidding they don't have buses so it starts with the trio going to the owlery which is a hard word to say out loud, along with auras. I practiced that before you came on the show stuff. I was like, or
1: I would say maybe 5% of librarians in America can pronounce auras correctly, also.
0: So you're <laughs> it's fine. It's like ours.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they go to the owlery, which is that one's hard because of like all the different letters that are back to back. Yeah, none of those sounds want to be together in the human mouth. Yeah, like, owl is fine if you stop there. You, you have to keep just, like, pushing through.
2: Yeah, it's like a suffix that isn't supposed to be on a word in whatever language owl is derived from. You never know with English.
0: Yeah, and, like, an owlery is, like, like a falconry. It yeah, so
2: much better. But, but like, this has got to be a made-up fucking word, because who, who's sure. been keeping owls? Right, exactly.
0: Well, Magic people. Well, I
2: mean, like, in real life, like, why would this word have a reason to exist? Because who in real life is just keeping owls? Especially a volume of owls. Like, I feel
0: like every (laughs) bird
1: sanctuary you go to has just, like, one owl
2: per perch slash roost. Any like, more than one owl would be like questionable.
0: <laughs> it's true, but we're impractical here. So we just keep a slew of owls in case children need to write in very important letters. They send Hedwig with a letter to Percy asking about Mr. Crouch. Is that right? I feel like I wrote that wrong.
2: No, you uh, did. That's I, accurate. I, No, I had a moment of panic because I was like, Okay, and we like mentally, I was like, okay. And they start off uh, in the kitchens because, like, yeah. the first sentence I'm reading, even though it's like a paragraph down, is like, the house elves gave them a very cheery welcome. Yeah, and then you my started Marie talking. Yeah, and then you started talking about the alley. I'm like, oh god, it's no. I read. Tw- I read 28. I
0: read 28. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, they send a fucking letter. Um, it doesn't matter. Afterwards, they go to the kitchens um, to give Dobby the socks that they bought him in the last chapter. You know, the ones that scream when they get too smelly. <laughs> I just love that so much. Um, but don't call me out like that socks. So in the kitchens, they ask. They're like, they're visiting. It's uncomfortable for everyone. They ask the house elves for some extra food for Snuffles.
1: But also like Ron is that person like they're like exchanging like oh hey Dobby thanks for saving my life with the Gillyweed Dobby and Ron is absolutely that guy where when you're like complaining or you have like a major issue at the restaurant and you have that one friend that's like but also I didn't get my ranch and it's like (laughs) we are dealing with more important things but Ron is like I need I need eclairs for myself like they're trying to get food for snuffles and and Ron is like, oh, and also, while we're here, can I? <laughs> I'm just going to put in a quick order. Self care. Legitimately, I would cut a bitch for eclairs any day of the week. But also, <laughs> no, I, like, he's stay right. on topic.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's someone starving in the foothills. Well, they're
2: working on that. And while they work on it, there's no reason he can't enjoy an eclair.
0: They're just sitting around. He's a okay? teenage boy. He's hungry. <laughs> Yeah, so this whole part is just extremely uncomfortable because w- Winky is bad. Winky is in the midst of a
1: major depression, like uh, there, like, yeah. at, like alcoholism. Like, there's so much going on in Winky's like
0: oeuvre right now. Yeah, she is um so dirty that they almost don't notice her against the soot of the hearth she is drunk off of butter beer she she is straight up an alcoholic it's bad and like you're right that she's like in the pits of this like terrible depressive episode and she's not home like yeah but like that's the worst thing in the world is to be having like a mental or physical health issue and like not be home and i know that she like doesn't really have her home anymore but like that i'm sure compounds it like so much yeah. also Like, I just have this
1: note that just says, Harry and Hermione are not great with drunks. Like, they just, like, historically cannot handle drunk
2: any person, human, elf.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah. I mean, it it makes sense because like I feel like Hermione's parents are the kinds of people who have like maybe a glass of wine with dinner on Fridays, like that's the toddy. vibe I get. Yeah, uh, that yeah, kind of family. Hot toddy. Mm. <laughs> and then I feel like the Dursleys might do like sherry with the pinky up and the tiny glasses Ew. to be fancy, <laughs> but like they wouldn't just have beers lying around. But Ron, you've he's seen Molly drunk. He's seen oh, Molly and Arthur yeah. drunk
0: <laughs> for sure. Molly is for sure, like, a great drunk. Molly is,
2: like, the kind of drunk that my mom is. Like, very, very giggly and lovey and, like, cries at the drop of a
0: hat. And then falls asleep.
2: Yeah. She's, um, it's
1: the quote from Bob's Burgers. Mommy Mommy doesn't doesn't get get drunk, drunk. she She has has fun. fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to steal your quote, but that's my favorite quote in the world. And I have a beer koozie that says that on it. It's There's perfect. Al- also, see this is an, this one. It doesn't. The quote's not inherently drunk, but she's drunk when she says, this crack "Is crackers? Where's my crackers? Come on, you're coming to bed with me." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So you're right, yeah, because Harry's like, "Hey, where's your boy? He's missing." <laughs> um, and she gets really upset. Like you don't when your friends are drunk. Especially when they're like miserable drunk, you just make this like cushioned little world around them.
1: Yeah. I said, I literally said, this is not the move, Harry, because he's literally just like, we haven't seen him since the first task, and the prophet says that he's sick. Like, who tells that to anyone who is in the mindset that Winky is in right now? Like, right.
0: He's just like in, he's like in detective mode. He's like, wait, she might have some information for me. And it's like, what about feelings, bro? Hermione, great idea. You play good cop. (laughs) (laughs) Good, but still racist cop. Winky lets it slip. She's very upset. She's very drunk. She's like babbling. She lets it slip that Crouch has, has entrusted her with the most important, the most secret.
2: All I can think is Spongebob with the secret box. (laughs) (laughs) The most tantalizing secret is secret in all of Bikini Bottom.
0: (laughs) Only no, like for real, it's extremely important Uh, and uh, extremely secret. It's it's very, very plot relevant, actually. This ain't no picture of Barty Crouch at the Christmas party. (laughs) (laughs) And then Winky literally passes out onto the floor and they cover, the house elves come up and cover her neatly with a tablecloth. I said, like a dead body. Like, like a, a dead, dead, dead body. body.
2: <laughs> with hospital corners. I feel like you've done this for me at at
0: least one party. <laughs> 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 Um, yeah. So, and they, like, leave her there. Like, doesn't she have a bed they can take her to? Eh. I
1: mean, uh, not with the conditions that they work in, live in, I'm guessing. Or maybe she's rejected it since she's not at home. Oh, my God. Like, that's what's unclear to me. She just sleeps in that chair by the fire. With her butterbeer. She's absolutely that depressive drunk who just drops wherever she is Oh, my ready. God. Like, but then, like, Hermione is just, like, victim-blaming all of these elves. I'm like, yeah. I thought you were on their side, because she goes, she's like, why don't you try to make her happy instead of just covering her up? And I'm like,
0: what? That's not their job. Like, What? <laughs> Yeah, she is uh, very like, uh, I don't really know the right language, but like we've talked about it on this podcast before. She is like, I'm here to help you my way. And it's yeah. like, you don't know anything about these people mm-hmm. and you're not helping them at all, actually. Yeah. Yeah. She starts like shouting at them about their rights. So they forced, the house elves force them to leave. They're like, we're uncomfortable and you need yeah. to leave our only safe space in the entire school.
1: There was something, so when they're, because, yeah, because the, the house elves take, they, like, turn this around. They're like, here's all your food. Bye. Like, we're good. Like, we're good. There's something, however, there's something about the description Of the house elves as they're trying to just like push Harry and Ron and Hermione out, which says um, they began shunting them out of the kitchen, comma, many little hands pushing the smalls of their backs. And I was like what is that description? <laughs> oh my God. It was so visceral. I was like, I don't want many little hands on the smalls it's, of my back. Like, <laughs> it,
2: like it, it makes me think of being like either mobbed by a preschool, which is a <laughs> horrifying thought for me. I don't like children that much or like being
0: chased by raccoons. <laughs> Definitely the phrase many tiny hands pushing is why I won't have children. <laughs>
1: I would 1,000% get pushed by many raccoon hands.
2: I'm not going to lie, though. Like, I'm into that. Where are that. you taking me?
1: Like-
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't want to know.
0: I don't want to know. I'm Here's scared. the other thing,
1: is they've definitely recently washed their hands, because raccoons love washing their hands.
0: Oh, I thought you were talking about the health cells, and I was like, they probably do have good food safety. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sure. They don't even need OSHA. <laughs> Um, that's adorable. I did not know that about raccoons. I'm gonna look up some videos after this.
2: It's just I find their hands off-putting. They're too <sighs> hand-like. They're too, but they're, they're also so handsy. They they are they they are just little. But but they're just they're creepy. They're too bony and knobby, and I don't like looking at them. Look at your own hands, bitch. Yo, so- these aren't
0: good either. <laughs> these are these are also bad. <laughs> Uh I was in the the group chat for my company Wildling Press follow us um and we were talking about how our uh, some of our Instagram photos are better if there's like a hand in the photo like holding the book or whatever but I always have many cat injuries all over my hands so like it's it is off putting to like feature my hand in a beautiful Instagram photo so I was like I need a hand model
1: I'm a terrible nail biter so anytime I'm like holding up a CD in a photo, I'm like, how do I palm this so that you
0: can't see anything? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not a nail biter. I'm like a, a, a cuticle picker. Mm. I'm, I'm just apathetic.
2: Like, I don't <laughs> like I don't paint them. I don't get manicures. I don't do like I don't file them, really. I just like every once in a while I'll be on the toilet. And I'll be like, ah, eh, lefty's getting a little long there and just like grab the <laughs> clippers. Like, it's that's all I do. Uh, we're we're spiraling off topic. Hey, little hands, little hands pushing little out
1: of the hands. kitchen. Hey, we can talk about the visual that is Pigwidgeon having to carry an entire ham up to the mountain by himself. <laughs> I,
0: know. <laughs> I know, So they, Harry goes to like send the food to Sirius and he sends Pigwidgeon to give him something to do but has to attach two additional owls.
2: He goes alone to avoid Ron and Hermione because he's
0: sick of listening to them fight about the house elves. I feel you, Harry. I get it. It's just cute because Pigwidgeon probably doesn't need to be involved in this delivery. Like, the two other owls could probably do it on their own. But he's just happy to be included, you know? Well, guy.
2: I feel like it's... It's like when you order uh, something in bulk, like books or something, and you'll get, like, a big box of books and then, like, another slightly smaller box that has like, that's still too big for the two additional books in it that they could have fit in yeah. the first box. I feel like with this it would have to be, like, one owl for the ham, one owl for eleven of the dozen cakes, and then pig in for the last <laughs> cake. <laughs>
0: Um, Haley and I both work in book publishing, and that literally happens all of the time, where they send two boxes that are both gigantic. One has 100 books in it, and one has three. Like, it's the stupidest thing. Absolutely infuriating. So Harry just kind of hangs out in the Owlery because he's sick of listening to his friend's fight. In there. I get it, dude. I mean, not in an alley, but I've-
2: I've taken refuge of that kind. <laughs>
1: well, he's basically just watching HGTV because he's watching Hagrid dig in the garden <laughs> until dark. And That's I literally, I'm like, Hagrid garden television. This is HGTV <laughs> from the Owlery. Like-
2: <laughs> there is this like kind of romantic uh, image of like, like from the distance, right? Hagrid and Madame Maxime, I guess, like wouldn't look quite as big as they are, and it would just—it's <laughs> like this. They're next to his hut, which is gigantic, so there's right. no like proportion. So I feel like watching this scene of like Hagrid, the big rugged mountain man, digging a garden patch outside of his <laughs> outside of his big hut, and then like fancy, well-groomed Madame Maxime, and like they're having some kind of like Jane Austen ass conversation that's about their relationship, but they're not directly addressing it anything because that would be impolite. And it's like, they're you both are the just- last man I could
0: ever be prevailed upon to marry.
2: Yeah. That, I, but like, they're both just like handsome in their own ways. I don't know. There, <laughs> there's something sexy about that moment.
0: There's something sexy about it. Well, I think honestly, the sexiest part of it is that Hagrid is like, nah, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't into it. <laughs> you love to see it. Good for you, bud. <laughs> so the next morning, Hermione is like, oh my God, the mail. Uh, Because she has taken out a subscription to the Daily Prophet so that she can know what Rita fucking Skeeter is saying about all of them. You know, these children who are just trying to figure it out. She wants to know what slander is out there about them. Well, she's going to know either way, but she wants
2: to find out from someone other than her bully. Yes, right. Exactly. Exactly. Although she handles learning things from her bully very well. She does, but, like, she just wants the upper hand in that fight.
0: Good for her. Yeah. Her parents probably give her, like, honestly, if she was like, I would like to... subscribe to the wizard newspaper her parents would for sure pay for that she's an only child oh, she's yeah. beloved no they
2: would be so proud of her like good for you keeping track of current events trying to be more involved in this community that you're trying to join honey we are so proud of you of course we'll pay for your daily profits yeah, let us know if
0: anything good
1: happens yeah it, and they probably want to know if it comes with a good tote bag like the her parents uh. are absolutely like NPR doctors like oh <laughs> you're so
2: right oh my god oh my god
0: oh my god I love that <laughs>
2: oh that Oh, everything about Hermione suddenly makes
0: perfect sense <laughs> I'm just thinking about when they're at that party at Slughorn's in book 6 and she's like my parents are dentists and Slughorn is like is that a dangerous pro- a profession <laughs> and she's like no <laughs> okay so she gets the mail but it is not the newspaper it is hate mail For a 14-year-old child, um, the readers of Witch Weekly are mad at Hermione for breaking Harry's heart. I wrote in my notes LMFAO because it's very funny, but it's also not funny because it is hate mail for a child, and one of them has actual poison in it. Yeah, Yeah, these are grown-ass women. Yeah. This is
1: the, the- I'm like, honestly, this brought up like a thought that I had about, you know, how the lack of protection that Harry was offered, but I'm like, you have Harry Potter at your school, like maybe, maybe we should be just like scanning mail, just on the off
0: chance that someday. yeah, don't even read like- it, just be like, is there poison in this mail? <laughs> so she opens like some rude mail that's like you're an evil bitch or like whatever, and then like yeah, one of them has undiluted bubo tuber pus. Note, Ron is the one who says that's boobo tuber pus. I bet a million dollars. If they had left this scene in the films, Hermione would have stolen that line. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, so it gets all over her hands and she breaks out into sores immediately. Like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah.
1: The thing, the thing about this though that um I found kind of interesting because this whole like receiving boobo tuber pus feels very post 9/11 america of like but like
0: oh my god Haley don't tell your anthrax story again this is
1: but like this is pre 9/11 anthrax scares technically i'm pretty sure
0: <laughs> I'm like fact checking cuz i can't remember. like <laughs> oh I, you are I hate that you have to be like the book <laughs> You're right. It was July. Tw- I was gonna say twenty. Twenty oh oh. Twenty oh oh. It's two thousand. You are so right about that. Wow, we were so young and innocent, man. And then Cedric died, and nine eleven happened, and here we are. Four yes. Harry Potter books
1: are from a pre nine eleven world. Can wow. we talk Jeez. about that? Whoa. Like Whoa. We're
0: what? So old. Oh my god. <laughs> we're literally so old. <laughs> Haley, can you tell, like, the three-sentence version of your anthrax story? <laughs> um, during the anthrax scare, my dad
2: was uh, working in, like, some, some secret squirrel weapons development stuff. Um, and my parents thought that we might be targeted. So my mom was opening my birthday mail, and it was from an elderly relative who uses really old stationery and white... <sighs> paper fibers floated up and i was really sick of the whole like you're not allowed to smile or laugh or you hate america thing that had been going on for three months so i was like look mom white powder and then she called the cops and the cops (laughs) called more cops and then those cops called the fbi and then the fbi called um the cdc and then there were there was hazmat walking around my house and two black hawks circling the neighborhood so i was i think this was two days before i turned 10
0: Wow. <laughs> teach you to be a persnickety little bitch. It didn't. It did not teach me shit. Here's what we just learned from Haley's story. Any story can be a three sentence story if you use run on sentences. <laughs> I didn't even try. <laughs> Fun fact humans don't speak in sentences, they speak in utterances, which are totally different, and they can just go on and on. So she goes to the hospital wing. Duh. Ouch. God. I can't even like think of, I'm trying to think of like, if I've ever had like a thing get get on my skin where it was like, ouch, like, ouch, ouch, it's getting everywhere. Like, I, I don't, I've gotten like glue on myself. That's like, oh no, it's getting everywhere. Jalapeno burns? Oh my God. Jalapeno. It's Ooh. exactly like jalapeno. <laughs> um, And then I always end up I don't know what happens, but like I'm cutting jalapenos. I'm doing it safely. I'm like, look at me. I avoided, I avoided all of the jalapeno juice. My fingers feel great. Somehow I pick my nose and then I'm like, I didn't avoid it. I didn't avoid it. I always, I'm not even like a big nose picker. I think it's just like something, something happens where I'm always, always with the jalapeno fingers. If you're congested, that's a great way to clear your, clear you on out. So, in Care of Magical Creatures, they do their Niffler's lesson. Okay, quote, the Niffler's were, quote, looking politely puzzled at all the attention.
2: <laughs> they, they sound like they have the facial expressions of possums when possums don't look like dinosaurs. <laughs> I don't, I'm gonna, I'm like. Look uh, Look up just possums being cute. I, but, like, sometimes they make faces like dinosaurs.
1: Oh,
0: and they're, like,
1: super <laughs> stunned all the time, too.
0: Like, when they're not looking like dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. Politely puzzled. Yeah. You you know who else is, like, like this description matches? Newt Scamander from the first Fantastic Beast movie. Oh. Politely puzzled at all the attention. Well God. Kim and a little niffly.
1: I have to say, I feel like we were really undersold Nifflers in this introduction to Nifflers. Because then with what we got out of, like, I feel like the only thing that I really respect out of the Fantastic Beast movies is how fucking cute the Nifflers are and Mm -hmm. how, like, awesome they are as, like, little side agents of chaos. Um, And I was, like, reading this scene and I'm like, oh, this is where, like... Oh, yeah, like this is the original Nifflers, but like to just be like, they're fluffy black and have long snouts and their paws look like
2: spades. I'm like, definitely better visually. Yeah. Hagrid does mention that, uh, like, when Ron is, like, Ron's Niffler is particularly prolific and he's like, can you keep these as pets? And Hagrid's just like, your mother would kill you because they will destroy your house. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Sean would. My husband, Sean, literally would, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, we have four cats. There's no difference. But my husband, Sean, is a movie watcher. He's not a book reader. And I was reading this chapter aloud to him. And he was like, oh, my God, Nifflers are from the Harry Potter series. Like, almost every other uh, creature that's in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is not from this book series. I don't think any of them are in this book series. So he was shocked to learn that they are like a plot point kind of in the Goblet of Fire.
1: Do you think that... This, like, game that um, Hagrid invented is actually just, like, from backroom betting that Hagrid participates in that he's adapted because he has, like, the entire thing mapped out. And while I do love Hagrid, and I think he probably has the imagination, but there was something about this where I was like, this is absolutely something that you could have in, like, a wizard casino. (sighs) Like... (laughs) Oh <laughs> my
0: god!
2: Oh my god! I think that is so valid. That would be like the least cruel type of like animal bedding I could possibly <laughs> they imagine. Love right. it. Yeah, they it's, fucking ju- love no, it. It. it's just no, it's just
0: like it's just their uh, their enrichment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, we're going to have a contest to see whose cat can knock the most shit off this countertop. <laughs> it's like, good, they love that. Yeah, because that makes perfect sense because this for sure is like the most uh, like planned out lesson he ever teaches.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They each get a Niffler to look for gold in this like dirt that Hagrid was very aesthetically idyllically digging up the day before. I I
2: imagine with his sleeves rolled up to his (laughs) elbows, gentlemen, gentlemen out there, if you're trying to attract the ladies and ladies, but you probably know this. (laughs) Sleeves rolled up to the elbows is the secret. That's that it's going to work. Trust me.
0: I can't stop. As you're describing like this version of Hagrid, I cannot stop thinking about the lumberjack from hoodwinked. Have y'all seen that movie? I was thinking of the Mm. brawny man. (laughs) The Brawny Man is exactly what the Lumberjack from Hoodwinked looks like.
2: Is that (laughs) not. He's much funnier. Is that not kind of how you pictured Hagrid before the movies? Just like a big Lumberjack?
0: Yeah, I definitely pictured him hotter (laughs) than what we got. Let's just say that Book Hagrid, I would. I would consider letting him smash. <laughs> Movie <laughs> Hagrid hard no. <laughs>
1: uh, one of so one of the best items I've ever been handed at a Harry Potter convention. It was a like little like open for a surprise envelope that you slide out, and when you slide it out, it's Hagrid laying on a bearskin rug like <gasps> burt reynolds with the sorting hat over his dong andrew
0: like- <laughs> has
2: texted me that picture to make me sad oh
0: yeah oh my god that is so fucking funny that is so funny like oh, they,
1: there was just somebody like walking around and just like walked up to me at my merch table at a leaky at the I think the first leaky con or the second leaky con in Dallas. And then I was like moving fast. So I was like, oh, thank you. So it was like later that I was like, what is the, oh my
0: God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what a fun surprise. It's the yeah. perfect crime. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they've been fucking with the Nifflers for a hot minute when Hermione comes to class, bandaged and miserable. Fun fact about me, I would never have come to this class in this state. Mm-mm. If anything, I'm going to the library. Who's going to fucking... Who's going to say anything? I had a terrible morning. I'm yeah. injured. I'm being harassed. She's missed, like, three classes, too.
1: which And they were like, oh, we'll tell Professor Sprout you're going to be late. Like, they thought she was going to bounce back. And I'm like, Ron, why didn't you tell anybody this is going to be real bad? Like, no, we're not going to see yeah. her for a day. Because I feel like if they had given Hermione the opportunity to come back tomorrow and try again. She <laughs> yes. might
0: have. like. <laughs> Hermione is still still learning to, to chill a little bit here. They sort of wrap up with the Nifflers. Um, Hagrid advises them that it's pointless to try to steal the coins because they are leprechaun coins. So, tricky bastards, they disappear after a few hours. Oh, man, this becomes a whole thing. Yeah. I was like, yeah. this is a lot. This is a lot from Ron. Like. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll get there. So after class, the trio stays behind to help box up the Nifflers into boxes. Is it just me or is that not how you should contain Nifflers? I'm hoping they're large, like, like crates, like,
2: like wizard version of vet crates. Full of dirt. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't. Is love he? Where did he get these? He also kept the skirts in boxes, dude. Hopefully, he got the nifflers more legally than the screw.
2: Well, he's only got two screws
0: left, so maybe it's those
2: boxes. I hope he cleaned them.
0: <laughs> There's a sex joke in there about like I only got two good screws left. I, I can't really <laughs> figure it out. I,
2: but like, I'm trying to figure out where he got the nifflers. Like, did he lease them? Can you can you rent a niffler?
0: Uh maybe. I'm like, I, my brain is like, where did my sixth grade teacher get all those mealworms she made us take care of? <laughs> Something like that.
1: Maybe, maybe he's just acting as like a foster home for the Nifflers for a little bit.
0: A Niffler foster daddy. <laughs> I love that. He would. He would. So Hagrid's like, I got a shit ton of hate mail. Don't even worry about it. Don't even read it. Hermione's like, cute, okay, but howlers, but whatever. So then they leave, and as they head back toward the castle, Ron gets in a huff. I love, like, the cute tiny exchanges they have Sometime He's, like, frowning at his chocolate, and Harry's like, what's wrong? Wrong flavor. Adorable. It's chocolate. Of course it's not the wrong flavor. <laughs> Ron is sad because Harry never noticed that the leprechaun gold that Ron used to pay Harry back for the omnioculars, another terrible word to say out loud. Thank you. You did great. Haley's applauding me. Um, That gold disappeared. So, like, technically Ron hasn't paid back Harry for the omnioculars, which were very expensive. Ron's not being, like, mad at Harry here. He's, like, just sad for himself. He's, like, I can't imagine not noticing that much money disappearing. And he literally says, like, I hate being poor. And it's, like, the first time he's ever broached this subject in, like, a non- (laughs) <laughs> shitty way, he's just really feeling it, and it's very sad.
1: I feel like Winky really unlocked some big feelings in everybody. Like, allowed everybody to recognize that they're maybe not being honest with themselves, you know?
2: Yeah. Um,
1: but also, I feel like this is where we see that, you know, Ron, even though he's like a golden retriever human being, he is probably, like, one or two conversations with a communist away from being Comrade Ron. Like, oh we could,
2: like... Good for him. <laughs> I would love to see Comrade Ron.
0: <laughs> oh like, a hero God. of the people. <laughs> it's like one of those, like, prop- communist propaganda posters, and you're like, is that... Is that Ron Weasley?
2: (laughs) Yes. He just, like, shows up in, like, various companies or, like, uh, like shops around Diagon Alley, and it's uh, the exchange from Shrek 2 about, like, it's all right, buddy. We're from the Union. (laughs) (laughs) They don't even have dental.
0: (laughs) Man, I need to rewatch that.
1: I do find it kind of cute in this that Hermione is kind of trying to cheer Ron up at the end of all this. Like, she's like, Even though she's
0: wounded. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, ladies got to carry a lot of emotional, you know, work for for everybody. But, you know, she's like, we know what to get you for Christmas. We'll get you a Niffler. (laughs) Like, considering she missed the entire Niffler,
0: like. (laughs) Yeah. She doesn't know it's terrible. (laughs) It is cute. It reminds me of, like, when my friends don't feel good and I don't know what to do about it. So I'm just like, do you want me to punch it? (laughs) <laughs> i have nothing else to offer you
2: but i can punch it this really is just like a great moment like it was striking me as i reread it like man no one knows what to fuck it. of course no one knows what to say like yeah. this yeah. is this is so real and it's really just it's nothing it doesn't really further the plot at all it doesn't really do it's a do. character moment it's just a character mm-hmm. moment but it's like it i don't know it it lends so much texture to this relationship
0: yeah and they're, they're all behaving really well in this moment, too. Yeah, they're doing their best. Yeah, it's a great character moment. When you are writing a book, every single word needs to move forward character, world, or plot. So, some t- you know, a great writer will be able to do all three all the time, you know? But sometimes you have to take a break and just let your character have a moment. I don't think there's any other time in, like, the whole book series, really. I mean maybe until, like, the last book, where it's, like, Harry and Hermione being, like, poor Ron. Mm -hmm. There's usually so much, like, like rage going on. (laughs) So, yeah, it is, like, a very somber moment.
2: Yeah, Ron doesn't, Ron just doesn't, like, run into a lot of particularly unique problems the way that they do, like, Whenever Ron has, like, a problem, it's, like, a genuine teenage boy problem, but it's a mm-hmm. normal teenage boy problem, and he tends to kind of bring them on himself a lot of the right. time.
0: Like, I screamed at this girl to get her to go to the ball with me, and then yeah. I ran away with, before I waited for her answer. Right.
1: <laughs> well, I also just, I do think that's a, that's a good point in that Ron runs away a lot. Like, mm-hmm. Ron, I mean, we see it in book seven, too, whereas this is a moment where Ron doesn't run away like he allows himself to express these things yeah. um which i do think is like a kid from a big family problem you know like you just don't think that anyone's even gonna listen so what's the what's the point you know yeah. so uh
0: I, I forgot who said this on the podcast before but someone we were talking i have no idea what context this was in but it, we, we were wondering why did ron say this shitty thing like why would ron say something so shitty and someone brought up he's probably not used to people being able to hear him. <laughs> yeah.
1: Or you're coming from a giant family of mostly boy siblings. They're constantly saying shitty things to each other.
2: You yeah. know? like <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's true. It's
2: and that's true. been, like, most of his socialization as a child <laughs> yeah. has been just, like, the cane instinct all the way through.
0: Um, and you have to remember that, like, Bill and Charlie are much older. Like, his brother's more or less, like the ones he grew up with are Percy, Fred, and George legitimately, how are there not more
1: emotionally and socially stunted children at Hogwarts, considering there is no schooling like there's no created like socialization by school up until they're 11 which is it's bonkers like so if you're an only child I'm just like yeah of course Neville's a little weird like
0: yeah my next door (laughs) neighbor is like eight months old and she's an only child and they're like we gotta get this bitch in daycare okay because she needs to learn how to how to deal with other children it's almost too late for her she's eight months old Neville's ruined just kidding he's great we love him So more hate mail comes for Hermione over the next week, including some howlers that scream at her, a 14-year-old, in front of the entire school. Uh, Like, horrifying.
2: (sighs) The thing that's, like, kind of fucked up about all of this, too, is that, like, I didn't notice this until now, but that article came out on Friday, and it's Monday that she gets, like, the first crop of letters so mm-hmm. either they don't get mail on the weekends which we know for a fact that wizards do send post on sundays
0: <laughs> so <laughs> why is that the funniest thing i've ever heard in my life well that was what i thought i was just like well maybe they
2: just don't get mail on the week. no because no, there's post I on do. sundays for wizards
1: do. <laughs> does it just so, take like- that long for owls to
2: find Hogwarts, out in Scotland. So I I was thinking about it, and it might be a little bit, like, flying time, but it might also be that most of these people are, like, housewives, I'm guessing, Mm. if they care this much about- Which weekly? Which
0: weekly? That's the target audience. So, like,
2: the weekend might be, like- I don't know, what, what does a witch housewife do during the day like when their kids are away at boarding school? What do you do? But like maybe they just write read it over the weekend. Letters. Yeah, you,
1: you have letter writing time built into your schedule.
0: Oh, like God. <laughs> That is big Jane Austen energy. Yeah. Correspondence I have to set aside Tuesday <laughs> afternoon to respond to my letters, my many, many letters.
2: My mom actually mentioned a while back that like she'd found a bunch of letters from like the 70s, 80s, like pre-internet pre days of her youth. And she was like, man, I forgot I used to have a lot of written correspondence, like a lot.
0: Wow. I used to send. No, I won't even pretend when I've sent like one letter to like all of my friends who live more than 30 minutes away. And I'm like, I'm adorable. I am Elizabeth Bennett.
2: (laughs) I had a cute uh, letter writing thing, like like fancy stationery stuff that I would send to my first girlfriend.
0: Oh, cute. That's very cute. I love that. So Hermione, more than being mad about the actual abuse she's receiving from adults, um, she's really obsessed with figuring out how Rita Skeeter is listening in on private conversations on the school grounds. That's the crux of it for her. Rita Skeeter wrote about personal details that Hermione had in a private conversation. So she stays after Defense Against the Dark Arts to ask Professor Matt I. Moody if He happened to see her under an invisibility cloak at the second task. Because his eye, special eye, can see through invisibility cloaks. Mm. Including, as a reminder, death's own cloak. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But that's a problem for another day. But she wasn't there. So Harry's like, maybe... She's bugging us. And Ron's like, well, what? Bugs? (laughs) So then Harry's like, let me explain to you technology. And Hermione's like, no, no, no. Technology doesn't work at Hogwarts because magic. Because so many problems in this book series are resolved because magic. There's magic in the air. So Hedwig finally returns with Easter snacks from Mrs. Weasley and a very rude letter from Percy saying that Mr. Crouch is taking a well-deserved break. Please do not bother me.
1: Okay, but this is one of the few times where I'm like, Molly, what the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck? Like, th- yeah, what the fuck? Molly yeah. making these gigantic eggs for Harry and Ron and Hermione's is smaller than a chicken egg. Yeah, no loving mother would ever do this. What? This seems so out of character for Molly, too. Like, yeah. I don't care. Yeah, like yes, I believe it, that she reads Witch Weekly, but also like she
0: knows all three of she like she had Harry and Hermione staying at her house yeah. for weeks over the summer. You don't think you would have picked up on something if if that was the case. And regardless, like see through it, like
1: see yeah. through the propaganda. Like yeah. she's smarter than that. Molly Weasley is way too smart for that. I I call bullshit on this moment. Yeah. Like
0: she's too smart for it, and I just think. That even if she is wondering deep in her heart, if she's like, did I miss something? I just think that she she would never do something so obvious, so petty, so shitty like this. My mother would never. My mom's not even like a Molly Weasley, but she would fucking never do this to somebody. Mm.
1: It drives me bonkers when adult, I'll just say women for now, are way Mm -hmm. too invested in, like, teen, like, actual human being romances. I'm, like, like, I'm sure it existed of, like, people who still, like, people who still want, like, Harry Styles and Taylor Swift to get back together. I'm just, like, they were... Children. Like, yeah. just get over it.
0: Like, <laughs> <laughs> because we're, because I mentioned Jane Austen, I'm now thinking about Mrs. Bennett trying to marry off all of her many daughters, all of whom are under 23. <laughs> just like, if nothing else, don't send her like don't send Hermione an egg. That is so much less rude. Yeah. being like here's one for my son and one for his best friend. Like, don't send an egg. Yeah, for his best friend who doesn't have parents. Right, it's Hermione understandable. Doesn't need one. Like, snub her in a way <laughs> that's more elegant.
1: But also, like, I'm sorry. Why are wizards celebrating Easter?
0: I don't know. We, can-
1: I have no like, idea. Like, we can't get into it. Like. <laughs> I- like Magical Jesus? <laughs> Who is Magical Jesus? It's Harry Potter. Harry Potter is Magical Jesus. Like,
2: <laughs> I remember reading, like, some of the extended materials, like, the kind of bonus stuff that you would get, like, from mm. uh, Pottermore and, like, mm-hmm. the website that preceded it that also had a lot of little games where you would, like, win notes. Um, yeah. I remember reading something about, like, dress robes are usually only worn for, like, fancy occasions and christenings. I Like, I just- that detail always <laughs> stuck in my head because it was so- Okay, even leaving aside the fact that you're wizards, you're in the UK, which probably means Church of England, which, like, do you take- Does the Church of England take christening seriously? I didn't think the Church of England took anything seriously, up to and including itself.
0: I just can't even- weekend to go down this religion <laughs> rabbit hole check out our bonus episode on the Patreon about the Hogwarts School of Prayer and Miracles <laughs> yes <laughs>
1: to transition away from Wizard Jesus this Please. Percy letter Percy is so fucking annoying he's I the
0: rudest
1: hate this boy like, barely a man with every fiber of my being. Yeah, he's, <laughs> like, 18. <laughs> it,
2: it, he's the worst kind of person, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's the most self-important character in this entire series, including, like, Gilderoy Lockhart. Like, he is so aggressively self-important. And Barty Crouch made him that way. He's, like, in charge now by accident. I mean, Barty, technically, I think Barty Crouch Jr. made him that way
2: because oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he, like, there Barty Crouch was- put him under... <laughs> Barty Crouch put him in charge under the Imperius curse. So I guess this is just Voldemort or Barty Crouch Jr. I don't know which at this point being like, well, time to time to just infuriate the entire ministry with this weirdo. (laughs)
0: Wait, that's one of those things that like looks like a responsible choice, but it's really part of like this elaborate evil plot. We're going to put Percy fucking Weasley in charge. (laughs) Let them let them figure that one out. Oh, my God. I love that. I love everything about that. So Harry receives instructions to go down to the Quidditch pitch one night to learn about the third task. And when he gets there, him and Cedric walk down together. It is covered in hedges. And Cedric Diggory is indignant. He's like, what the fuck did you do to my Quidditch pitch? Not that I... he'll ever play there again. But... Oh, dude. Well, <laughs> He's he'll... 17. He's going to graduate. He yes, He will. <laughs>
1: I mean, Even if he hadn't died yet. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure there's not an alumni
0: game like at like Texas high schools. Like right. <laughs> I think that we right now, I mean, y'all know the tone of this podcast. It's raunchy. It's rowdy. It's irreverent. It. it it's a lot. I think we need to start joking about Cedric dying now. <laughs> so when it happens, we're gonna be okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I don't know what else to do. In
2: that case, he is technically going to play one last game on on the Quidditch pitch, which is uh, the most dangerous game. I do love,
1: though, that, like, we just a couple of pages ago had the because magic excuse. Right. But Cedric cannot fathom what they've done to the Quidditch pitch. It's like...
0: Right. Like literally. He's like, How will this ever be resolved? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: it's like, a matter of principle. You are just not that smart boy. But like <laughs> yeah.
0: Harry and Cedric are honestly so similar. Mm-hmm. Cedric's just older and hotter and is better at talking to people. But not much better. Just a little bit better.
2: Better enough that he asked show first. Ooh. Mr. Steel Yo Girl.
0: Ooh, got him. So the Quidditch pitch is covered in a maze. Very cute line from Victor Crumb here where they're like, what do you guys think this is? And there's like a a long pause and it's like, maze. (laughs) I love him.
2: I'm going to answer this question to get us all out of this silence.
0: (laughs) How do you know the word maze in English? Why would any non-native speaker... What opportunity is there to learn the word maze in English?
2: His his English is pretty good. Also, I feel like mazes have some magical like connotations and stuff like there's a lot of labyrinths in oh he might have encountered it yeah yeah there might have been like so like the maze of Um, so-and-so i don't know i see the labyrinth
0: a word i'll never learn how to spell
1: (laughs) i'm continually amazed amazed with this book nice that this tournament takes so fucking long (laughs) <laughs> like, there's just no
0: fucking reason for there's it. There's
1: legitimate full months and quarters of school passing between the like tasks. and they're like, yeah, we absolutely cannot have Quidditch on top of all of this. I'm like,
0: what? <laughs> like I, Or like we can't just take our magic boat home for three months in between. Yeah. Like and also
2: for two of the three tasks to not be watchable. physically yeah i'm working on a meme about that
1: (laughs) it's it is i mean uh it is as if they are operating within the like nba bubble from the beginning of uh covid for this but for like the only thing that makes this make sense (laughs) i'm like what is happening i mean i get it if you're like Oh, time zones. We don't want to magically throw off our magical people like with <laughs> our too magical much circadian rhythms. Like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's nonsense. And I mean Durmstrang and Bobaton are going the whole year without their headmasters, so I guess headmasters aren't important. We should not have those. And then These students from the schools are, like, totally throwing off their... They're supposed to be doing their final year of school. There's no way Hogwarts has exactly what they were supposed to be taking at these other schools. Are they
2: even taking classes at Hogwarts? Who knows?
1: I know. I was like, it doesn't seem like an exchange program. It seems like they're all staying... uh, Bobaton is staying in literal, like, carriages. Yeah. I would love to see inside that carriage.
0: Show me what you got.
1: Like, tiny homes... They are tiny home kings and queens.
0: (laughs) Love that for them. And they're pajama-like outfits. Because Harry, when he first sees them, are like, those clothes are so delicate, they must be pajamas. (laughs)
2: Well, you know the French. They're never dressed
0: right. (laughs) So it is a maze. The champions will have to get through the maze and its obstacles. And the first person to touch the cup in the center gets full marks. Easy as that. I'm sure that's exactly how it's going to go. Yay! So they're like, cool, thanks. And then they all leave. And Ludo Bagman's like, hey, hey, hey. But then Crumb is like, no, Harry, hey. And Harry's like, I'm going to go with Crumb. (laughs) Sorry, dude, I have to go with this guy. It's really important. Ludo is so
1: mad, too, about it. Like, He's like, "I, I mean, I can hang out. After Harry's we- like, I think I can find the
0: castle. <laughs> <laughs> L-M-A-O. <So sassy. laughs> Love him. So they walk toward the forest together. Real talk. Would y'all do this? Would y'all go toward the Forbidden Forest right now for a private word with Victor Crumb?
1: The one place that they've told you all along since first year <laughs> to not go.
2: Yeah. Like- <laughs> but he keeps doing it. It's he, just, he sees the trees and he's like, I must go toward death.
0: I probably would be like, we can walk and talk privately, but still be walking in the same general direction as everyone else. There's like a quarter mile walk to the school and there's a lot of land here. So let's just fall 50 feet behind the person in front of us. We don't have to like go off on this like private adventure. I don't know. But like, he's also,
2: I think he might also be paranoid about Rita skater. Because, like, I'm sure he's talked to Hermione about this, too, and she's like, I don't know how she's fucking doing it, but don't say anything in confidence if anyone could possibly hear you. Okay. Well, it is
1: Crumb kind of driving the, we need to talk in private, you know? Yeah. Because Harry's kind of like,
0: I don't, okay. like (laughs) Sure. Yeah, I- I do love that Harry's a big emotional dodo in this scene because Harry's like, whatever could this be about? And then Victor Crumb is like, what's going on with you and Hermione? And Harry's like, oh, <laughs> what? You're I, worried about that? Like, I, yeah, dude. It tells me you're going to try to kill article. me. <laughs> like, this
1: just tells you how unimportant Hermione is to Harry at this moment because, like, yeah. literally, her hands were just like acided off and he's still because of this exact triangle and he's like why would this bro want to talk to me
2: oh what the God. fuck <laughs> like <laughs> he like can't fathom it's he can't he can't see her as a sexual being to the point that he has trouble understanding that anyone else does see her as a sexual being
0: The way that I was when I was 14, after this article came out in Witch Weekly, every single time I saw Victor Crumb, it would be in the context of this article. You know what I mean? Like, I I wouldn't be able to stand near him because I'd be like, that man hates me. That man hates my guts. (laughs) Without a doubt. So... And Harry insists that they're just friends and Crumb's like really and Harry's like yeah dude and he's like she talks about you a lot and he's like yeah because we're friends love that I love that mm-hmm. yeah you talk about your friends a lot sometimes they are of a different gender from you and yeah. sometimes that it, it, matters to other people sometimes but it it's just
2: matter. super duper platonic yep
0: then Victor Crumb's very relieved, and he's like, yo, dude, you fly very good. I don't have anything else to talk to you about. This is such boy bonding. <laughs> uh-huh. And Harry's like, oh, my God, you fly good, too. And then I have no idea what would have happened to the conversation after this. Like, I actually would love to see this conversation without an interruption. Like, what do we do from here? But something moves in the trees. And Harry grabs Victor Crumb, and I think this is like, I think this moment is like a testament to how good of a guy Victor Crumb is that like Harry grabs him in this moment and Victor Crumb isn't like, oh God, he was evil the whole time and he's trying to attack me for my woman. Victor (laughs) Crumb is like, I will let you move me because obviously you see something going on here. (laughs) It's Mr. Crouch. It's Barty Crouch and he is not well. Nope. He is like chattering sort of ceaselessly to an invisible Percy, alias Weatherby. (laughs) Um, He's giving Percy instructions from, like, months ago about, like, getting the tournament ready. It's very alarming.
1: You also get a brief look into Petunia and Vernon's uh, unsurprising dislike of the unhoused community. Mm -hmm. But I was just like...
2: Ooh, like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, a sidebar. This is, is like, the first time, I don't, I'm not really a person that, like, writes in my books very often, but this is the first time I've ever, like, actively written a note in the margins in one of these books. Wow. And I under, because I didn't want to forget this, because I underlined uh, the line, uh, he reminded Harry vividly of an old tramp he had once seen when out (laughs) shopping with the Dursleys, and I wrote... Tell me you're from the suburbs without telling me from you're from the suburbs. You've yeah. only seen someone doing this once in your life, once ever? Yeah,
0: that's shocking because I grew up in the suburb. Well, I I mean, I grew up in the D.C. suburbs, I guess, are maybe a little different. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is something that I think, like, only very recently people are starting to be like, language like this is bad. There's also language like this in the Percy Jackson series that is, like, very glaring. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's uncomfortable for everyone. Let's treat everyone with kindness. Yeah. You don't have to say like he's like this and he's like this. He he is fucked up. His clothes are fucked up. He's acting fucked up. He's talking fucked up. He's not like anything. He's having a very singular experience right now and he is visibly fucked up. Yeah. Yep. That sums it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Especially if you think about like from Crumb's perspective, the only other time he's seen him is in that judge capacity and to now, like, yeah. go, in, you know, like, this is jarring, to say the yeah. least, you
0: know? like Well, especially, I mean, especially, not that, I mean, seeing anyone in this position would be very upsetting, but especially because Barty Crouch is so, like, uptight, upright, mm-hmm. buttoned up, all these up things. He's got to stick up his ass. Anyone <laughs> up, that up, Percy,
1: <laughs> anyone that Percy loves, you know, mm. is, like, of a certain affectation you know yes that's exactly
2: exactly
0: right (laughs) yeah that's
2: a good way of putting it
0: yeah like he he would a previous version of this man would never be seen this way under any circumstances in any estimation yeah so he has this like brief moment where he is like suddenly lucid and like desperate god this is i think oh my god I keep being like, this is when I realized that we were going into a grown-up book now. But it's like, it, it's, it happens in these, like, increments. Like, this is a grown-up book now. This is, like, very psychologically upsetting. Crouch seizes Harry's robes and he starts begging for Dumbledore. He, he's like, he thinks something terrible has happened and that it's his fault. He says that in no uncertain terms. It's my fault. It's all my fault. And it is. It is all his fault. <laughs> I've done
2: stupid thing. <laughs>
0: He also believes that Bertha Jorkins is for sure dead. um, But it's like it's all garbled up. Like if you don't know what comes with the rest of this book, like it sounds like he's maybe just like worried about stuff, Mm -hmm. but he's not. He's like confessing great, great errors here. Harry tries to reason with him. Harry pulls out his drunk friend skills he's like hey bud yeah we can do whatever you're saying just come with me you got it you can stand up here's our one
2: focal point come on man come on man
0: yeah let's go get dumbledore come on let's go it's like when emily emily with the pizza dude it's like come on babe yeah we'll get pizza let's go home no 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 there's pizza at home no you ordered it come on no you have to get in the uber to get home to get the pizza come on babe yeah yeah yeah, i want pizza too (laughs) forever
1: (laughs) Yeah, for as well as Harry is doing with attempting to get Mr. Crouch together, Victor Crumb, for being a professional athlete, is completely out of his depth. He's like, he, he, simply,
2: he's simply too <laughs> introverted for this entire situation. He doesn't know what to do.
1: He's, like, hanging back. He's super nervous. Uh, Like, this moment... Reminded me of so I had this friend in high school who was constantly talking about how he was a black belt in karate, and then we nice. were in like a moment in the city, um, in high school, and you know, we were not so sure about a group of guys approaching me, uh, approaching us on like the sidewalk, and uh, they like started. Yelling at us as we crossed, and he and my high school friend would just like booked it. And when I caught up with him, I was like, I thought you were a black belt in karate. And he was like, I was like, also, you just like left me back there. And he's like, Oh, well, I'm not wearing the right pants to be able to handle that. Karate. And I was like, This is Victor <laughs> Crumb in this moment. It's like, you work out at the gym, you play Quidditch professionally, <laughs> but like when the going gets tough, the tough get going
2: (laughs) in contrast though i don't think victor crumb would be like would like talk himself up that way like i feel like victor crumb is like like, i'm "I'm
0: an athlete he's like i want to
2: i just want to play my game and then i don't want anyone to talk to me don't put me in social situations don't put me in interviews i hate this so much i just want to catch balls
0: Yeah, I think there's like two kinds of introverts. There is the Haley variety who will be like, uh, I will go into rest mode and await your instruction. Respectfully, Haley. No, that's, that's accurate. And then there's like my husband, Sean, very introverted, would rise to an urgent occasion like this. He would take charge in this situation. I love that Crumb is like, isn't he from your ministry? <laughs> like, isn't that your son? Like
2: how about you get you you get your legislator there?
0: Yeah, go get your legislator. <laughs> <laughs> ah! I love that. Um yeah, so Crouch like slips back into this like hallucinated conversation with Percy and he starts talking about his wife and son, and it is very upsetting it somehow gets more upsetting Harry asks Victor Crumb to stay with Crouch while Harry goes to get Dumbledore I would probably do the same thing mm-hmm. it is the wrong thing
1: <laughs> yeah I, I mean Harry even defends his choice of like I know where I'm going and yeah. in Harry's mind he knows the password because Dumbledore yeah. has like told him to come to him whenever so like obviously I should have the most accurate password. Why is Dumbledore not giving Harry fucking Potter the new fucking password to uh, his uh. office? <laughs> like, uh, it's so annoying to me. Like the things that Dumbledore does to make Harry's life harder, just because yeah. he's not thinking about it.
2: Like, well, yeah. I, I, I mean, counterpoint. Consider this. Fuck them, kids. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I guess it is good that Harry, I mean, I just don't think Crumb could have handled the other end of this at all. Like, imagine Harry Potter bursting into the entrance hall, screaming about how he needs Dumbledore because something crazy is going on in the Forbidden Forest. You you got an image of that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not exactly what happens, but you, you can picture it. He's raising hell. He thinks something's going on. Now imagine Victor Crumb doing that. You can how- However, if Victor had run
1: into Snape, Snape would have actually handled the situation
0: yeah you're probably if, any, like, if literally any other human like, had run into snape
1: yeah yeah and that's and that's the thing is if harry could have just gotten into the goddamn damn office or if you know anyone else on the planet had gone there and run into snape instead this would have been a different situation I, I,
2: yeah but like every every situation has to be some bullshit in this book <laughs> like, nothing can be simple
0: Yeah so Harry sprints up to the castle up to Dumbledore's office but he doesn't know the password we kind of went over this Snape comes out of Dumbledore's office and like this book has so many moments where like Snape's redemption arc like there's so many moments in this book that that totally negates Snape's ultimate redemption arc the fucking thing with Hermione and her teeth Mm -hmm. the fucking threatening of Harry with the Veritaserum which is super illegal Physically and figuratively blocking Harry Potter from entering the headmaster's office with an urgent emergency. Like, yeah. what the fuck, dude? This isn't even about Harry. You're just being a brick wall for no reason.
2: Also, have they not established, like, the staff amongst themselves that, like, some shit's going down and it's Harry-centric yet again? Like, if Harry's coming in saying, like, hey, some weird shit's going
0: down, and I saw it, and I need Dumbledore's help. Even if the staff hasn't figured it out, for sure, Dumbledore Snape and McGonagall are talking about it. Yeah, The headmaster, the deputy headmistress, and then the deputy to the deputy headmistress. (laughs) So Snape, like, so gleefully is like, ha ha, bitch, the headmaster's busy. Guess you should go kick rocks, dumbass. Like, literally, that's like the attitude with which he approaches this. (laughs) (laughs) What in the absolute fuck is wrong with this man? So thank God Dumbledore comes out of his office just then, I guess, because he like sensed a disturbance in the force or whatever. And then Harry's like, oh my God, Barty Crouch is here. It's not good. He's in the woods. Dumbledore's like, let's go. That, I respect it. I respect. Dumbledore's like, let's go. Well, talk and walk, talk and walk. Man of action.
1: Also, also this sick burn happened, which was leaving Snape standing next to the gargoyle and looking twice as ugly. Yes. Yes. I am all for Snape's slander at all times, especially when it comes from the author because she has such a hard-on for him. Like I'm like...
0: (laughs) I know. In the last chapter, I raised a bit of a stink because they were talking about how Pansy Parkinson looks like a pug and i hate how this book series is like ugly equals evil mm-hmm. and every single ugly person is evil every single ugly uh, evil person is ugly but snape is the one exception snape slander all day twice as ugly as a gargoyle
2: Well, I mean, like, there's ugly and there's ugly, right? Like, they're saying someone has just, like, unappealing facial features, and then there's just, like, you know when you don't like somebody, Mm. and even if they're not an objectively bad-looking person, it's just, like, everything you do with your face pisses me off. (laughs) That's,
1: I feel like one of my favorite tweets of all time was, like, when you hate someone, everything they do, you hate, and you're just, like, look at this bitch eating an apple. Like, fuck them. (laughs) Like. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes. So when they get back to the forest, they cannot find Crumb or Crouch. Like they're looking where Harry was and they can't find anything. They don't hear. I think like they're like you would hear him if he if the same scene was still happening, like Mm -hmm. you would hear Crouch. Um, But eventually they come across an unconscious Victor Crumb, unconscious and alone, to be specific.
2: Man, this rereading has got me relating hard to Victor. (laughs) (laughs)
0: was <laughs> just like what the fuck.
2: No, every everything about this exact scenario from beginning to end is something that would happen to me. Oh, like it's really it, <laughs> it, it just I I would try to just, like, have a have a mature conversation with somebody over a misunderstanding and clear up the misunderstanding, start having a bonding moment, absolutely random bullshit goes down. <laughs> the one person who kind of maybe can handle it is like, alright, I'm gonna go find someone who can handle it better, you stay here, and then I end up getting, it's like, me. injured it's me going and knocked to get down. Sean. It's anyone, but probably you.
0: It's me going to get Sean. <laughs>
1: This also happened like Im- as soon as Harry left because of the way Crumb is like, I was looking around to see where Potter had gone and he attacked me from behind. Oh, yeah. Like, like he had
0: just walked away. It,
1: I'm, I'm like, this was literally a, I took my eyes off for a second and got friggin' mauled. Like, yeah. All
2: it takes. Yeah. All it yep. takes. You slip up one time and the universe doesn't let you forget it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, this chapter is like all the things that are happening. I was getting chills reading this because it's like, oh, my God, everything's going wrong. Oh, my Mm -hmm. God, they could fix everything if they just knew. It's like kind of I just finished reading The Woman in Cabin 10 by Ruth Ware, which is like a mystery book. And it's like reading this chapter and I'm like looking for all the tiny little things with my little magnifying glass. I'm like, look at that. I missed that the first time I read that. And look at this. They're not catching on to this. And I wish I had the wherewithal to, like, actively read new mysteries with that, like, scrupulous lens. (laughs) Because usually when I read mysteries, I'm like, who fucking knows? I don't know. Somebody got murdered. What's going on? So Dumbledore sends a Patronus messenger, like the messenger kind, toward Hagrid's hut. And then he revives Victor Crumb. Victor Crumb shares that Crouch apparently, allegedly, attacked him from behind. Hagrid comes running with his crossbow. (laughs) I want, what do you think? What do you think Dumbledore's message said? Emergency, come, or do you think it was like, bring your crossbow? <laughs> like, what do we think? I don't think he leaves the house without the crossbow. <laughs> Not these days. Not when there's something coming for Harry. There's something afoot.
1: This is where I realize that Hagrid and Chewbacca are the same character. <gasps>
2: Ooh, I
0: love that. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm ride or die. Oh my god.
2: This is this is enhancing the um the the Niffler bit betting, the underground yeah. niffler betting.
1: <laughs> I definitely Ooh, I pictured whatever a wizard casino would be to just be the casino from the last Jedi. Like uh, are, yeah.
2: I I'm just picturing the one from New, from fucking New Hope, just going to the hogshead and they're playing the cantina music. Burr, 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 burr,
0: Classic <laughs> Dumbledore is like Hagrid, go get Karker off um, because his student's been attacked, and get Professor Mad Eye Moody because da dot ta. But then it's like Moody here, he's here already. Wonder why it's almost like he knows too much and was in on it the whole time. <laughs> Moody's like, I'll go find Crouch, and he like limps off into the forest. Uh, uh, don't let him go. It's God. Uh and Dumbledore's just like, please, thank you. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for doing that. It's just like, don't let anyone else anyone else do that job. So then Karkarov comes up and immediately accuses Britain of treachery.
1: Yeah, he's creating an international incident.
2: <laughs> yes going to start Wizard World War III.
0: (laughs) He spits at Dumbledore's feet. Hagrid doesn't like that. Last time
2: someone insulted uh, Albus Dumbledore in front of him, he tried to turn them into a pig and almost succeeded.
0: Uh
2: (laughs) I think Karkaroff's getting off pretty light here.
0: You're right. But then Dumbledore's like, Hagrid, no. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I trained you to be this way. So then Hagrid's like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry.
2: I hate when people stop me from doing violence.
0: I know. So Dumbledore tells Hagrid to take Harry up to the Gryffindor Tower. And he's like, Harry, anything you might want to do tonight, any letters you might want to send to any convict godfathers who might be in some random hillside, for example, don't do that until tomorrow.
2: Got to really, really drag this kid by the hand sometimes.
0: (laughs) So they walk up to the Gryffindor Tower um, and Hagrid is like ranting the whole time about Kargrov's disrespect, which like surely Harry agrees with or like doesn't disagree with. But he, I mean, that's not what he's worried about right now. Hagrid has this energy that Harry is not sharing, (laughs) let's say. Hagrid advises against making friends with, quote, foreigners, unquote. Yeah dude Uh uh-huh elaborate i
2: I had a conversation like what two three days ago with hermione about all of the bullshit people gave you for not being entirely and and you've got a problem with foreigners 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 okay i agree
0: foreigners
2: yeah All of them. Mm. You know,
0: all of the world that isn't the UK. Yeah, everyone. That's so much of the world.
2: Everyone that is not on one of these two small islands and not even most of one of them. (laughs) Is an enemy. Or French. In which case they're a super enemy.
1: There's, yeah, there's like so much energy being thrown, like... We are literally throwing out the entire rest of the world because, like, one girl was kind of not great. I'm just like, dude, you need to chill. Like, Hagrid, you need to chill. (laughs) Yeah, because
0: Harry's like, you liked that one foreigner, Madame Maxime, and Hagrid's like, fuck that bitch. Hagrid's like, fuck that bitch. She hung me out to dry, and now she's trying to flirt in my face to figure out what the third task is, and I'm not fucking buying it. Good night. Good night.
2: I know I rolled my sleeves up. Don't objectify me.
1: (laughs) I do love that he, like, is insinuating also that, like, but I'm definitely giving you information. Like, you know, like, like, she's just asking for what I've given you already. Like, damn
0: dirty cheater. So, 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 uh, so Harry finally goes to tell Ron and Hermione what happened, and that is the end of the chapter.
1: I feel like Harry, like, immediately, I just was like, (laughs) because the chapter ends and he goes, he goes straight to the corner for Ron and Hermione to tell them, and I'm like, this is me in the group chat whenever anything (laughs) goes down in my life. I'm like, oh, bitches, here we go,
0: let's, let's talk about it, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, Yeah. Yep. Oh, and they're just like waiting for him. They're like he's gonna come back and tell us what the third task is, and it's gonna be so fun. Girl, dish.
2: Girl,
1: spill the tea. I'm also curious, like, what the timeline of this was because he was supposed to go be at like nine on the Quidditch pitch, and he left at like oh, eight yeah. thirty. He was an early is on time queen about that Uh uh and i'm like was this like a half hour that
0: this transpired in or was this like
1: three hours that they were like where the hell is he
0: like (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know i mean i think he could run up to the castle they didn't spend any time on the quidditch pitch they're like you see maze okay see you later (laughs) there's gonna be stuff in it all right, okay. now Everybody you're informed. It.
1: This could have been a message. This absolutely could have been a message. Didn't need to see it with my own eyes. <laughs> it could like... <laughs>
0: this could have been an owl. This meeting could have been an owl. Um, and then Crum and Harry talk for all of like 2.5 minutes, absolute maximum. I think that maybe the Crouch encounter perhaps dragged on longer than it feels reading it um, I, just the- because it,
2: i mean it's it's hard to say right because it's like did it happen faster than you'd think or did it happen slower than you'd think because it feels like it takes an eternity like awkward things do yeah
0: yeah and then harry running up to the castle is probably very fast children run fast Mm -hmm. and then dumbledore walking down to the castle was actually also surprisingly fast So I think it maybe was under an hour that he was gone.
1: Can you imagine your friend being gone for an hour and coming back with all of this that just happened?
2: (laughs) You just missed the craziest of
0: crazies. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I have had that happen to me. Like Haley stumbles into my house and is like, the walk here was so rough, and it's like you live four blocks away. Like, <laughs> yeah. what happened here? Yeah, it,
2: it was a similar situation to this actually. The last time that <laughs> happened, there was a dude just like on the sidewalk in the leaves, diso- like very disoriented. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, like that's what this was reminding me of. So, Haley like, had to
0: call an ambulance.
2: Yeah, I was like trying to help this dude up, and like it, wa- he wasn't like talking. Really? So I was being like, "Buddy, do more you? alarming. Yeah, I was like, buddy, do you need me to like call someone? And he was just like grunting in response. And I'm like, is this a yes or a no on calling someone? And then I'm like walking away and he's like, no, 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 call, me in- call an ambulance. And I'm like, okay, all I needed.
1: <laughs> Be like, are you insured? Like, do you want an ambulance yeah. or an Uber? That's why I didn't do it right like- away.
0: Welcome to America. <laughs> yeah. That's the end of the chapter. Steph, is there anything that we skipped over that you want to go back to? Any themes you want to drive home or, like, little LOLs?
1: No, the only thing this chapter reminded me of is that the spell Enervate is just, like, perfect to write a Wizard Rock song about. So I need to come back to that because, like, it's just, it's got a hook in the making
0: in that, just in the spell alone. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Uh, Haley, what about you? Any final words? Um, no, I don't think so. Shit's okay, got great. to go down. Yeah, we covered a lot. And there, we will cover even more next week. So, <laughs> so tune back in. Are y'all ready to move on to some plugs? Yeah. Sure. Dope. Steph, Will you please tell us a little bit about uh, what you got going on, what projects you got going on, where people can find you?
1: Yeah, so uh, Tonks and the Oars still uh, trying to kind of make that happen. So if you are looking to support small creators instead of supporting the WB and the author um, Wizard Rock is a great place. My Wizard Rock band specifically is a great place. Uh, But our website is TonksOfTheOrrors.com If you search Tonks Tonks, Wizard Rocket should come up as well if you can't spell auras. We also have a Patreon. Um, I have a Patreon, I should say, um, for Tonks and the Auras, um, which you can uh, get, like, advanced notice of shows once shows start happening again. Merch. Uh, I do a monthly live stream with that crew. So, um Honestly, people ask me all the time because Spotify sucks with royalties. Like, how's the best way to support an artist? And my answer is if they have a Patreon, go there. So, But my website and my Patreon are kind of everything that you need you know you can get merch there you can find us on all streaming services though as well we've got a ton of albums from over the years and um, yeah
0: including uh like a percy jackson one and a hunger games one
1: yeah so it's, i've that, got that's
0: uh under steph anderson
1: yep though, right? yeah so if you look up steph anderson you'll find um my percy jackson album under gods and monsters i've got a John Green album called Unironic Enthusiasm. Oh hell yeah! Um, like all kinds of stuff there. So and I'll be working on. I just took kind of a a year off because of COVID, of touring and writing music. Um, because I was getting my MBA, and now that I have my MBA, congrats! Uh, yeah, I'll be back to doing some more music stuff. But it might not be Harry Potter, but I will be on tour again. Hopefully this summer. Just with a couple of shows the goal is to play more than three shows because i played yes. three live shows in 2021 so we just okay
0: okay incremental beat growth. The record
1: yeah when we think about like 2019 i was playing like 30 to 50 shows a year uh before that wow. um it's it's a different world so bear with me while I yeah. recalibrate to figure out
0: what Tonks and the Oars is in 2022. Absolutely, dude. You're doing great. And we, I, I all the things that she just said are linked in the show notes, so please go support her. Thank you. Steph, what is something you've been reading or watching or playing or listening to lately that you think the listeners of our podcast might enjoy? I think the thing that I most recently consumed
1: that I am the most obsessed with is Hulu's The Great, about mm. Catherine the great um which i don't know maybe recommending something about russia in this time uh but it's historical russia yeah, totally so totally um, <laughs> totally totally different um but yeah that's uh that's been like the thing i've been most into right now that and righteous gemstones on hbo oh hell yeah um, those are two yeah great
0: shows <laughs> very different yep hell yeah well thank you so much Haley where can people find you on the internet
2: uh hello I'm Haley if you must you can follow me on Twitter at the RIT to wit and if it makes it feel better Steph, my my plug is also not not current events related um, I've plugged this on the show before but that was that was in the past I'm doing it again um HBO Chernobyl yeah. everybody <laughs> it's a miniseries very well done yeah um, good good psychological thriller I uh, de- deeply fucked up because um, it's you know about Chernobyl but um, it's my comfort show for some reason uh, <laughs> particularly right now I uh, wow. who could account for it <laughs> So yeah that's where I'm at.
0: Awesome. Well, I've been your host Christina. You know where to find me. Um since last week's episode, I have finished reading Among Others by Joe Walton, which is a magical realism um, set in uh it's set in Wales and in Britain, but it's it's really about like this Welsh girl and about like fairies. It's like a, a ver- it's a ver- if you've seen <laughs> If you've seen um, Eurovision and the way that Rachel McAdams talks about the elves in that, it's like very like that. Yes. <laughs> um, without without being absolutely ridiculous. It's like this very beautiful magical realism about this girl who loves science fiction and has fairy friends. Uh, it's, it's quite a bit more mature than that description sounds. So I absolutely recommend that. Shout out to Mary Payton for recommending that book to me. I also, as I mentioned, read... The Woman in Cabin 10 by Ruth Ware. If you like mysteries, it's a very solid mystery. Not too scary. Did I get scared? Yes. Am I a huge weenie? Yes. Uh, So I recommend that one. Absolutely. It's a murder mystery set on a cruise ship. So it's got that like claustrophobia element of it. So definitely do not read if you are prone to uh, claustrophobic triggers. But um, very solid beside that.
1: More reasons to not go on a cruise, too,
0: Yeah. after that. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) For sure. I also read topical "The Anatomy of Fascism" by Robert O. Paxton. It's a nonfiction. I listened to it on audiobook though, which meant that I could finish it. <laughs> I can't read. I can't read nonfiction with my eyeballs. I have to read it with my ears. Um, so I definitely recommend the audiobook. It's just kind of like explains what fas- fascism is, where it started, and like how people who are not necessarily super duper fascism fans, let fascism happen all the time all over the world. Pretty important read if you can stomach like a dense sort of nonfiction book. That's not a fun way to end this episode. <laughs> do you want?
1: Do you want a fun, a quick fun like story of how I started attempting to read this, uh, this chapter this week to Please. to lighten the mood? Yes. So uh, I meant to mention this earlier, but uh, I so I grabbed a a copy of Goblet of Fire and got back into bed because I was like, I'm going to read this um, tonight and had to then get out of bed two more times to get two more versions of the book because I kept going, oh, this is too nice of a version of the book that I have on hand. (laughs) This one is not for reading. This one is not for reading. So I had to dig out my paperbacks that I use to write my songs that have all been spine cracked because I'm terrible. Um, but yeah, so I had to get, uh, it was, took three attempts to get the right copy of the book because I had two copies that were quote, not for reading.
2: <laughs> I <have laughs> that that's, Deeply I have, relatable. I have that same problem with Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, well thank you so much. That really lightened the mood and also Steph, thank you so much for joining us today. It was an absolute delight to meet you and to finally get to talk to you and thank you so much for the tunes and for your time tonight. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And Haley, as always, thank you for being my trusty co-pilot. Hey, thanks for having me. (laughs) All right, gang, I got to go finish reading Weatherby and Me before this book figures out that that's not even my name. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) The Restricted Section is stoked to be a member of the Movie Night Crew Podcast Network, featuring some excellent other podcasts, such as Fandom's Gone Wrong, A podcast where Carrie and Charlie, a mother and kid duo, talk about movies, TV shows, and books they both love, and it will probably devolve into friendly arguments. Hello, you awesome nerds out there. Yes, you. Have I got the podcast for you. We've got pop culture swearing and all the immature jokes you could ask for. We'll take you on a journey through TV shows, movies,
2: books, and maybe a video game someday. And we'll tell you how they all went wrong. I'm Charlie.
1: And I'm Carrie. And this is Fandoms Gone Wrong. New episodes every other Wednesday,
0: wherever you get your podcasts. The Restricted Section was created by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Support us on Patreon.com slash Restricted Section. For as little as a dollar a month, you can gain access to our Discord community server, which is a really happy place to be. And there are other rewards as well, such as bonus episodes and Zoom happy hour hangouts. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Restricted Section Pod, on Twitter at Restricted and on Facebook at Restricted Section Pod. Also, feel free to shoot us an email at RestrictedSectionPod at gmail.com to share your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or even lavish praise. Harry's like, "Oh, Butterbeer's not that strong." And I'm like, "Okay, so you admit it's alcoholic." Okay. So you've been drinking alcohol with your friends since you were 13. Okay. I I see you.
2: <laughs> that movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night,
1: Crew Network.